What is going on everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And I want to let y'all know about a little secret, and it's called Anchor by Spotify. It is one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer. And also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Get started creating your own podcast or start hosting on a very up-and-coming new platform. Yo, what is going on fans? This is your host Mason Pierce of the Cover 4 with Mason Pierce Podcast and I want to thank you all for listening to my first ever podcast and I just want to kind of simply tell you how much it really does mean to me to be able to make these podcasts and be able to share my love with college football with all you great fans. So let me go into introducing myself. My name is Mason Pierce. I live in Fort Worth, Texas, and I'm a huge fan of TCU football and Dallas Cowboys as well. So you'll probably hear a lot of bias towards the Cowboys and TCU and so forth. But bear with me, all right? It's just we all have biases towards our fans, so let's relax now. But no, so I want to kind of get into how these shows are going to work. So pretty much how it's going to work is I'm going to start off by talking about college football news, recruitment, coaches, because as you know right now, transfer portal is absolutely insane. I mean, I've this is I've never seen football like this. I've never seen college football specifically have so many top prospects and so many coaches just up and leave. So, we'll get into that and then later on in the show, I'd say probably about the 10-15 minute range, we'll get into some NFL news, we'll get into some free agency things, trades, issues, anything imaginable in the NFL we will be discussing. So, and then we'll wrap up the end of the show just kind of having a one-on-one talk together, kind of just talk about what our plans are for the day, what we're going to do, and, you know, just overall enjoy ourselves. So hopefully y'all enjoy y'all stay. Hopefully y'all enjoy listening to these podcasts, and let's get into it. So to start off the show, I'm, I'm going to first start to talk about some TCU news, get that out of the way. So for my, te- my Horn Frogs right now, we're just got done hiring Sonny Dykes, former SMU head coach. He brought his whole staff over, and I like the direction we're going in. Unfortunately, we've had a couple players transfer out. We lost Zach Evans, I think it was about a week or two ago. I'd say about a week or two ago. He just transferred to Ole Miss. I wish him nothing but the best. He was a great player. He just His time was up. Now, we just lost O'Shawn Mathis, who was our starting outside linebacker. One of the greatest edge rushers in TCU history. We're going to absolutely miss him. But it's okay. We will move on. We'll move forward. Currently, right now, he's crystal ball to Texas, where Gary Patterson is allegedly looking at, a, I think, a defensive analyst position. He's looking at a defensive analyst position. And, hey, I'm, I, I really don't like the way we ended things with Gary. I wish we could have ended it better. But I'm happy for him. I'm happy he's able to have a new start down there. And hopefully he does great things. And... But as far as that, I like the way TCU football's looking. We've gotten a couple four star, we got a couple four star recruits. We got a four star wide receiver. I mean, we we're looking good for the recruiting wise. I mean, overall, like the vision Sonny has, he's gonna bring great offense. 
He's going to bring great, great offense to this team. That's very much needed. We've needed a lot of passing game improvement. We've needed a, just a, overall we needed to change the scenery, which was unfortunately why we had to let Gary go. But overall, it's going to be the be better for the future. And I can't wait to go see the season opener in Colorado, see how well this team plays. So, But in other news, let's get on to the main over overview of college football. So obviously the biggest news right now is Caleb Williams. Where will Caleb Williams go? Personally, in my opinion, I say USC because with Jackson Dart transferring out, that kind of solidified that, okay, maybe it is true that Caleb Williams is just going to absolutely go to go to USC. But hold on, hold on, hold on now. It's been reported by 24-7 Sports that Caleb Williams was also, he was also taking a visit to UCLA. He's talking to Chip Kelly, talking with all of them. And, and I would fully expect UCLA to be in this just as much as USC is considering with all these new NIL deals and all these millions. And, I mean, think about it. This kid just got offered $1 million, $1 million smackaroos to go play at Eastern Michigan. So imagine the crazy amount of money this kid is being offered by schools like Georgia, USC, UCLA, LSU. But apparently, according to many, many reports, actually, USC and Georgia seem to be the final two for him. So... Let's see if UCLA and Chip Kelly are maybe able to make a late push into this Caleb Williams sweepstakes and get this great five-star quarterback, or is he just going to end up following Lincoln Riley and his old head coach? Like so many Oklahoma com Oklahoma commits and Oklahoma players have done so far. Now, with, with Lincoln Riley, the thing is he's an amazing coach. He's an amazing recruiter as we've seen so far into this 2022 offseason, right? I mean, he's amazing at recruiting. He knows what he's doing. He know what he knew what he was doing. And anyone that judges him for leaving is absolutely out of their mind, and I will tell you this. You're telling me you would give up, a, a, I think it was a 10-year, $110 million salary on top of USC bought both of his Oklahoma houses they bought him a mansion in California, and they gave him 24-7 use of their private jets. Now, if you're telling me that you would not up and leave Norman, Oklahoma to take this deal over in Los Angeles, California, the bright sun and beaches and everything like that, you're out of your mind. You're absolutely out of your mind. But you know what? I hope that they do great. College football is always better when USC is doing great especially USC because go back to the Reggie Bush days and the 05s and 04s and just how how fun college football was during that time. So hopefully USC gets brought back to where they were and let's, you know, I mean we'll kind of look at all these other prospects we're looking at. Like I mean it it's insane. It's insane how many great how much great talent is left on this board still. I mean, when you look at 24-7 and you look at their whole transfer portal list, it is absolutely insane. I mean, the, this amount of talent, I mean, teams like Alabama, USC are feeding off of this type of things. Like with Alabama getting a cornerback, they major, majorly needed an Elias Ricks, right? Great cornerback at LSU. Injuries did end him this year. But kid will come back even better. And you never know. He can end up being the next great corner that comes out of Alabama, right? So teams like Alabama, they just they don't they don't rebuild, they reload. You know what I mean? So see how this year goes and 
there's so many recruits still still on this board and I mean one of the biggest right now in Makai Wingo he's set to v visit LSU Oklahoma and USC and I mean do not be surprised when it gets down to just LSU and USC and personally I think he'll end up at USC because every kid right now in the country is wanting to be with Lincoln Riley and and those tro Trojans down in Southern California so no I mean and you look right now there's still a lot of kids left in this transfer portal but most importantly most importantly don't forget about the recruiting don't forget about the major recruiting that A&M has been doing I mean wow the highest recruiting class in college football history the Aggies this year outdid themselves they took full advantage of the NIL deals they promised these kids all this money and I mean just wow it has paid off for them and unfortunately everyone makes the eight and four jokes with these Aggies everyone makes the same old you know Jimbo Fisher you know he he's not that great of a head coach but if anything this year it showed A&M has that potential to be a top 10 team a top five team I mean these upcoming years are going to be crucial for this A&M team because this is really going to show what their what their ceiling is you know what I mean we've seen the floor for this A&M team and it's not good but when you look at the ceiling on this team, it is insane. It is national championship insane, right? So, I, I want to see what A&M does this year. I think they'll do great with uh, with quarterback Max Johnson, the LSU transfer. I think he'll do amazing in that system with Jimbo Fisher. And personally, I say A&M, their floor is 8-4. and four. That is the floor for them. They eight, Anything less than 8-4 and four is, is a disappointing season, in my opinion. But, you know, so now let's let's get on to some of the coach changes in college football recently. So let's talk about um, just reported by Tracy Pearson of 247 Sports. Um, UCLA expects to sign Chip Kelly to a new contract. So it looks like Chip Kelly's sticking around down in L.A. as well. So, I mean, that's good news for UCLA because they, they seem to be on the right track. I know the first couple years were kind of shaky with Chip Kelly. I know he wasn't the most amazing and – fly you know flag not flagellant that's the wrong word but kind of just he didn't really show much and they kind of were debating on firing him if this year went horrible chip kelly was out we all knew that so it's, i'm glad to see chip kelly's back in the swing of college football and i'm glad to see he's doing well i won't lie a little disappointed he didn't get the oregon job because that would have been cool seeing him back up there in eugene but it's okay he's in college football that's all that matters but let's get on to some more of the coaching carousel, right? So, obviously, the biggest one, the biggest, biggest one this year was Lincoln Riley going to USC. We just got done discussing how big of an impact he had on that program and how, how much money they'll probably end up making. But another one, another huge, huge hiring was Oklahoma getting Brent Venables from Clemson. That was, in my opinion, probably the best long-term head coaching gig because he is such a player's coach. Every player that's played for him has only said great things about Brent, and I can't wait to see what he does up in Norman. Even though I'm a TCU fan and I despise those Sooners, it's good to see that they're finally getting some momentum back after losing so much talent to the transfer portal and just losing coaches in general. And, I mean, the Sooners, they also did hire a very good offensive coordinator in Jeff Levy. I mean, if you look what he did with Matt Corral in that Ole Miss offense this year, 
I mean, this he could have easily have been a head coach, easily. But the fact that Brent hires him as their offensive coordinator, I mean, this is a great hire. And also another good sneaky hire that I don't think a lot of, a lot of people are going to think about is Jay Valai, the new cornerbacks coach at Oklahoma. I mean, he just got done off of a national championship season with Bama. Yes, I know they did not win, and I know the corners did not play amazing in the national championship game, but he also was the cornerbacks coach at Georgia when they went also to the national championship in 2017. And you guys see how many good, great corners Georgia's produced. I mean, he also had he's also spent time with Kansas City, the Chiefs. He's also spent time with Texas and Rutgers. And he was an all-Big Ten defensive back at Wisconsin. So he knows what he's talking about. He knows how to coach. In Oklahoma these past few years, their corners and secondary has just been tremendously horrible. I mean, it makes our corner room at TCU look look like LSU's, if you know what I mean. So great hire for Oklahoma and, the, and Brent Venables. It's a great way to start a new era. And, I'm more than happy that Oklahoma's finally getting on the right track after all this very, very unfortunate situation that went down earlier on these past couple months. But to get on to a little bit more, let's let's get on to Notre Dame and the new hires they've had and the losses they've also had as well. So let's go on first. Brian Kelly, he's out at Notre Dame. He's out. He's going to LSU. Kind of questionable hire by LSU in my opinion. I mean, He's not a bad head coach, but kind of the way he left Notre Dame, and he just never seemed to be able to get past the college football playoff or any New Year's Six Bowls, in my opinion, because we look back, I think Notre Dame's like 0-7, and they've always had like really bad losses. So hopefully with this new and improved head coach, Marcus Freeman, the old defensive coordinator from Cincinnati who built up that great team, went – came to Notre Dame this past year to be their defensive coordinator and then with Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame said hey let's get some youth let's get some youth into this in the staff most importantly and let's allow these players to kind of feel like hey I can connect to these coaches a little bit better and and Notre Dame they're they're on a roll right now they just got all-american safety Brandon Joseph from the Northwestern Wildcats and I didn't I haven't really watched him too much but from some of the couple people I've talked to, he's an amazing safety, and he'll be a great Kyle Hamilton replacement since Kyle Hamilton is going to the draft and is projected top 15 pick. And, I mean, we just look at how great their recruiting has been as well. They're reloading that offensive line. They're reloading that offense. They're getting some great linebackers. I mean, Notre Dame is a team to watch this next year with this new and improved coaching staff. And, I'm so excited to see the Fighting Irish back. Now, let's get on to some new news. Let's get on to, you know, the NFL side like we talked about earlier on in the podcast, how the second part would be the NFL. So, as you all know, we've got six wild card games going on this weekend. Most importantly for me, my Cowboys versus the 49ers of San Francisco. I think this will be a great game. This will really test our defensive line and see how well they're doing going against the running attack of Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel from the 49ers. And really, I want to see how well Dak plays under this type of pressure because we all know coming off that ankle injury last year against the Giants, Dak's had a lot to prove, and he's done pretty good this year in my opinion. I know he's been kind of overhated in my at least from what I've seen he's been overhated and, and personally this is another great opportunity for Dak to just prove why Jerry paid him the big bucks to be the you know the franchise quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. So getting on to the next game coming at three thirty on Saturday, 
We've got the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This is going to be a very interesting matchup because this will really see if Joe Burrow is really what if he's really what all the hype's about. If he's really that quarterback that we saw at LSU a couple years back. Him and Jamar Chase this year have been, in my opinion, unstoppable. Uh, Las Vegas is really thin at corner. Casey Hayward's been okay. He's not the old Los Angeles Charger Casey Hayward, but he's been decent. They've got Hobbs on the, another corner on the outside. I think I think the game will be a lot closer than people are probably thinking, but personally, I'm going to take Cincinnati in this game. I won't say they'll win by 10. I'll say probably I'll take Cincinnati by 7 points. Pretty, you know, because they're playing, they're playing up in Cincinnati. Las Vegas, yes, they are on a roll recently, but they have played some pretty down teams, so... So let's get on to the next game that night. We've got the New England Patriots playing at Buffalo against the Bills. This will probably be another run-heavy game considering the, the, the highest the temperature will be that night at Orchard Park will be zero degrees. So I'm personally, if New England doesn't get the run game down, I'm going to take Buffalo in this matchup. I think Buffalo will still be able to throw the ball because they've probably been practicing these conditions and the harsh weather that comes with playing up in western New York. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how well this game goes. I've got Buffalo. I'm going to say Buffalo by three. I think it will be a really tight-knit game where it's going to come down to the last possession. So, now let's get on to Sunday's games, which these are a little bit more entertaining. We've got Philadelphia playing at Tampa Bay. We've got the Bucks against the Eagles. I don't even need to say anything. I've got Tampa Bay by 150. I mean, Tom Brady right now is unstoppable. He's playing MVP-worthy quarterback play. He's taking this team, in my opinion, to another Super Bowl. I, I could see it. I want my Cowboys to, but I don't know if we can get past this Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay team. So we'll see. I know they don't have Chris Godwin, and obviously they don't have Antonio Brown no more. But Mike Evans is still playing great. I, I mean, we'll just see how well this team plays. Now, to get on to the midday game, we've got my Dallas Cowboys going against the San Fran 49ers. This game could go either two ways. Either San Francisco literally invades AT&T Stadium and just absolutely pretty much gives San Francisco a home game, or us Cowboy fans, we come in, we hype our team up, and we lead them to victory. Now, if you were a Cowboys fan and you were listening to this, do not sell your ticket to a 49er fan. Whatever you do, do not. I don't care if they're offering you $1,500 for, for your tickets. Do not offer them anything. Do not give them anything. Just go to the game, enjoy watching playoff atmosphere football, especially in Dallas because we're so passionate about our team. And let's help our team win. And let's get into a Super Bowl. All right? Now let's get on to the final game of Sunday which is Pittsburgh at Kansas City. This, unfortunately, my grandmother's team is the Steelers. We love the Steelers as well. Unfortunately, they're playing at Arrowhead against Patrick Mahomes and that whole Kansas City team who was still probably ticked off about last year and losing that bad in the Super Bowl. So I think they've got revenge on them. I'm going to take Kansas City by at least 14. Now, Big Ben did say earlier in the week that he's kind of already knows they're going to lose and they're just going to come in and have fun. I don't know if he's being completely honest about it. Maybe he's trying to do some weird reverse psychology type thing where he's trying to get the Kansas City Chiefs to relax and kind of play on their heels. Not on their heels, but kind of play more relaxed and nonchalant. 
So we'll see how that goes. But in my opinion, I've got Kansas City winning that game by a mile. And then to the final game of Wild Card Weekend, we have the Arizona Cardinals playing at Los Angeles against the L.A. Rams. This game, I have no absolute clue who will win. If if we get MVP-worthy Matt Stafford, I'll take the Rams. But if we get the Matthew Stafford who has played these couple weeks, especially against the 49ers last week where he threw crucial interceptions that costed L.A. some great seeding in the playoffs, the Cardinals can come in here and easily win. But I don't know. I mean, Kyler Murray, he's got to work on some things. He's got to work better on his accuracy and – Better better ball judgment, not just throwing the ball wherever, you know, kind of like an eight-year-old on Madden where he just throws the ball wherever he feels like. And I don't know. This will be a great game. It's a Monday night game, prime time on ESPN. Everyone will be watching. But in this game, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Cardinals by three simply because the Cardinals have a lot more to prove. They have a lot more to prove with the players they currently have and the current the players that have been so hyped up. And – L.A., for example, L.A. has built, tried to build another Miami Heat-esque team by bringing in OBJ, by bringing in Vaughn Miller, by bringing in Matthew Stafford, by bringing in all these great players, but they haven't really accomplished much with those players. So I think Arizona's got a lot more on their – has a lot more chip on their shoulder to win this game, and I'm going to take the Cardinals by three. Now to move on to our final segment of this first ever podcast on Cover 4 with Mason Pierce. We'll just discuss what are your plans for today? What are y'all what are y'all doing today? I know there's I know there's not a lot going on. I know there's some college basketball going on, there's some hockey, you know. Also there's a couple great shows. Book of Boba Fett, the third episode came out on Wednesday. I'm absolutely loving that show. I don't know about y'all, but just kind of find something, you know. Until Wild Card Weekend kicks off on Saturday, and hopefully we find out more news on Caleb Williams and all these great transfer portal guys, and I'm kind of liking it. It brings some more excitement to the to the college level. It kind of brings more attention to it as well. But I hope y'all have enjoyed this first ever episode of Cover Four with Mason Pierce, and I hope y'all have an amazing day. And thank y'all so much for listening to this first episode. And I hope y'all continue to show support. I hope y'all continue to listen. And, hey, have a great day.